I'm 40. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Fuck It, I'm 40 podcast with Kelly Bell and Tracy Crater. This is going to be episode two of uh, our small series that we have that's going to interrupt. That's right, the saga that's going to interrupt um most of the funny are our normal comedic routines that's exactly right um if you have not listened to the episode titled the criminal the crime the crime sorry about the criminal (laughs) (laughs) you're going to want to pause this go back listen to uh the crime with the criminal and uh then then catch up and then move on here uh for those who were listening uh quick recap Craters go away on vacay. Boy watches house and dog. Boy invites people over. He uh, has an eight-day brothel and party that does about uh, $20,000 worth of damage. Uh, Cops come. Cops leave. Anonymous letter. Bullet hole in the wall. All right. Are y'all caught up? (laughs) All right. And we're back. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So she's right. Where we left off, we had received the anonymous letter that led us to finding the bullet in the wall. That's right. So then we call cops. Right. So this episode really is going to focus on our experience with the police department. And so one of the things to really, before we get current in the, we need to kind of go back a little bit. And the episode, The Crime, we referred to Detective Neighbor, which we're going to switch up and call Neighbor Cop. He was the first responder to our call on July 4th. And so he was not a detective. He is not a detective. He is a corporal. Right. And so, um, he was the, he was the initial lead in the case. So before we actually got the letter, we actually were getting, I think I mentioned in the last episode that this was a slow burn of evidence. We were seeing things posted on social media and we were finding pictures and we were learning information and we were getting names and all of these things, but it wasn't all happening at one time. It was, it was literally slowly coming to us. And so as it was coming to us, like every other day you were getting something yeah, new. It, no, no, it, was, it was every single day. Yeah, it was every day. Some new information was coming out every single day. And so when we had them initially, the cops initially at our house on July 4th, we were told that if you find out any information, you need to make sure you let us know. And so that's what our intent was. We were going to call neighbor cop and get the intel to him as we were finding out. So it was like pictures, it was like names, it was intel on what was going on in the house, the whole thing. Like anything that we were finding, we were trying to call him up and give him information. Including the letter. <clears throat> well, well, no, not even the letter. When we were at this point where we're giving information, before we actually even got the letter, there was an incident where we found out that neighbor cop was actually going around, and we call him neighbor cop because he lives in our neighborhood. And so we found out there was an incident where he was talking about our case to other neighbors, and more specifically talking about us in not such a negative, or in such a positive light right so he was being relatively oh, he, negative he was to us. he was um uh he was uh patting the boy on the back essentially or like trying to oh boys will be boys oh it's okay he's just a kid and well you, and it you also guys sounded like overreacting. he was um right he was saying that we were overreacting well, 
at the same time, he's telling us, this happened to my family when I was growing up. I know exactly how you feel. He tells us this whole story about how this happened to his family and all this shit and tells us the whole story about it. So, you know, and then he tells us, look, if you get any more stuff, send it to me. I'll add it to the report. So. Bullshit. Right. (laughs) So we find out that he was talking shit. Right. And so there were times where this, this particular cop wasn't even answering the phone when we were calling. And so we, we wanted to make sure that the information was getting put into the file. So there were times where he wouldn't even respond to anything that Bob was going to the police station on such a regular basis. I swear to you, they, they must've known his like social security number by heart because he would walk in the door and he's like, Oh, okay, this guy again. And it was a matter of like, here's new intel I want to put into the, the report. And so when we couldn't get in touch with neighbor cop, which was quite often, quite frankly. Well, hold on. So he said that we were, that I personally was blowing his phone up. I texted him three times, three pictures. You have evidence of this? <laughs> yeah, actually, I have the text on my phone. Yeah. Three pictures is all it was. And he wouldn't take the fucking pictures. He wouldn't do anything. Because you ended up going to the police station yeah, and finding out that nothing. I actually, technically, first thing I did was I called the police department first. And I spoke to a sergeant there. And she's telling me, you know, don't expect much from this. And I was like, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't accept that. Like, I'm not going to just say, oh, well, fuck it. What do you mean don't expect much Every from this? Every cop that we've talked to has said to us. Don't expect them anything to happen to these kids. Again, as a reminder from the last episode, the laws for juveniles had just gone into effect right before we came back. So the change in the laws are to lessen the uh, penalties on juveniles who commit what is considered a nonviolent crime. So if you watch the news, even violent crimes are getting well, that's away. True. Even violent crimes are in consideration. And even though these new laws don't necessarily affect the kid because of his age, it seems as though I'm that thinking is stealing a, a car is not a minor infraction. So we'll get Tagging to that. A we'll get to the fact that the car is not even brought is a in, minor infraction. In the end, the car is not even brought into the court system. But we'll bring we'll yeah. we'll get to that part. That's another episode. But what I'm what I'm saying is all the cops, because of the change, were basically like these new laws are not set up to help the victim. They are set up to help the juvenile. And so do not get any expectation that you're really going to receive justice. Awesome. I love that. I love the fact that I've been paying taxes since I was, I don't know, 14 years old. That has gotten involved and there's been a shitload of them and they've all literally said it, all of them. And not only that, but the sergeant's like, you know, basically telling me that I'm wasting my time. And I'm telling her, like, I don't give a shit what you're saying. I don't yeah. accept the fact. It's not okay. Like, yeah. I'm not okay with these kids coming in, you know, doing twenty, almost $23,000 worth of damage to our house and, and, and walking away scot-free. Like, well, and know. shooting off a gun and stealing a car. Well, well, well at this time, like- <laughs> we, we, at this time, we, did not we didn't know about the gun yet. So we we brought you back. Yeah, we kind of backtracked just we a little bit. We backtracked a little bit. So we're bringing you up to the letter now. So right. we're we're at the point we're at the point where we're still collecting data. We're trying to get it to well, we got the cop. letter. Yeah, we mentioned so that last. So we don't one. even know yet officially about the bullet. And so this entire time everybody is just kind of pushing us off, which is really frustrating. And luckily, we 
we demanded a different approach. We, and I will tell you even, well, actually I'll get to that next. There's a part where we even hear a story from a cop later down the road. And I'll explain that in a minute, um, where they just, the cops are struggling just as much, right? Like they're not happy with the way this is. They're just tampering our expectations because they know we should get justice but we're not going and to. And here's the shit that pisses me off about that. Because, you know, you're a cop. You go in to do a certain job, right? And I know that there's like the, the whole cop system thing is is a complete f- fucking mess right now. I get it. I get it. I get it. But when there is a clear, clear picture that is painted, not there only- is there is a straight line from what the fuck happened to what needs to happen next, to what happens after that, and you got a whole zigzag full of bullshit, and people are like, I don't know. How can you How can you go into your job every single day and look at somebody like yourself in the face and be like, ah, sorry. <laughs> how can you do that? I don't know. Who are you? Who, what kind of personality do you well, have to have to be that kind of fucking ass? I told this sergeant that, I was like, well, I don't accept that. I'm not just going to give up because you say that I'm wasting my time. So I was like, I want to make an example of these kids. And she, she, this is what she said to me. She said, that's not what the law's for. We're not here to make example of people. And I was like, um, actually, that's exactly what you do. You arrest people that do something bad to make an example of them that if you fuck up, this is what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what happens. It's kind of your job description. But now the way that the, the you know the whole judicial system works is, you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want and you know, that's it. Well, okay. So before we get too far off topic here, let's get back to the, so multiple times at the station, trying to bring out info, trying to get information into, uh, yeah, the, so, the the file just to put it in the file which you found out because that it, it wasn't it, in the file right, right. if you've wa- listened to the the episode the crime you you will have learned two things one that this kid the criminal um he caught charges but also was able to get bob's baba summons and then essentially catching him charges right so we're doing there's a couple of things happening all at the same time we're collecting basically we're doing the police officer's job getting them the information and then on the other end we hired a lawyer because i just don't want to fucking even play with the shit that this kid is pulling um when it comes down to bob whose idea was it well yeah it was your idea but i was i was fully supportive of it so we don't want to fucking play let's just get this done let's have Mm -hmm. somebody else manage that while we are managing getting the intel for the actual crime, right? So in the same time, we're trying to get shit in people's hands. We're also trying to find a lawyer. And then on top of that, which we did find a lawyer, obviously, but then on top of that, you also have Department of Juvenile Services, which is a nightmare. So the way that this happens when it comes down to juveniles is the Department of Juvenile Services comes in and what they do is they have you fill out this form, right? So your the case that is created by the cops goes to the Department of Juvenile Services and they reach out to you and it's kind of like a victim's response form. I don't know if that's the exact title, but you fill this out and you do this for what is it? What is it costing you everything else? Now, mind you, this is all happening really quickly with Department of Juvenile Services, which in one hand makes you feel like, okay, well, they're on top of their shit until 
you realize they have nothing. This is how we knew that the evidence that we've been providing to the police department was not actually getting put into the file because the Department of Juvenile Services had not a goddamn thing in the file for our police statement. Let's just be real clear. We had 63 pages of evidence that we turned in. Yeah, yes. He's not lying. It's 63 different pieces of evidence. That they had not had. one. And they had none. Right. And now I want to be clear too, like the evidence included everything from the photos that we got from social media, all these different types of things to the damage that was also done in the house. So in terms of everything, and when we, but it even, but, but it wasn't even, well, our part, we had everything, but they like picked and choose, they, they pick and choose. The cops picked and chose which pieces of evidence went in. So when Department of Juvenile Services reaches out and you fill out this form, it's like, okay, here's everything. Here's all the costs. Here's everything. Now, mind you, at this time, we're still working through the insurance claim. Okay. So you've got collecting evidence, finding a lawyer, working with DJS, and now the insurance company. It's You can't even process what the fuck has happened to you, the violation that's happened to you, your children who are not feeling safe in their own fucking home, because you have to go in and do the cop's job. You have to make Department of Juvenile Services believe that they should actually charge this kid and move forward with this, because that's the whole process. Department of Juvenile Services will be the one to decide if this kid is going to actually see a day in court. You uh, could have just, you know, let it go. I could have just let it go. It was, it's almost easier to just Can let you, it go. Well, that's a question I just would, would love to ask anybody. Are you? Would you let that go? Would you let someone violating your house for a week, causing so much damage, shooting a gun in your house in, in, in front of a bunch of minors, driving your car illegally... Well, we, we I could think you, you let have that to go. Could one person to let really you get, let answer it go. that question because it's you have to get there's you have to have stamina for this. With what we've been dealing with, you got to think to be clear, we just and we'll get to that. We just finished another court date and we still have more to go as we yeah, sit here today, today yeah. in February. And it, yeah. And this happened last July. Right. So mm-hmm. that's coming but well, we don't even have a freaking date for that. Well, okay. That's another episode. Here we go. We're back to Ju- Department of Juvenile Services. So we're filling out all of those forms and I'm getting them all the information. And I said, we're still we- dealing with the insurance company because you have to get the insurance company to come out. Now I want to take a small aside from the cops, Department of Juvenile Services, everything else. So if you've ever had to put a claim into the insurance company, their sole purpose is not to give you money. <laughs> yeah. So in the midst of everything else, they came back with some bullshit, like, here's three grand that we're going to give you. And I was like, oh, fuck no, right? So I we'd been a part of our insurance company since, I don't know, the beginning of time. And I basically created a ruckus. And I remember I told Bob, I was like, just let me handle this part, right? Like, just give it to me. Let me handle it. Well, they kept calling him. And so he would get me on the phone and we ended up having to go through multiple conversations where eventually I was like, here's the deal. We're going to get what we need. I know what my policy says. I know what I'm owed because I read it cover to cover the policy. You're going to give me exactly what I have because on top of dealing with the uh, everything else, I was collecting everything. I had every fucking receipt 
from every fucking door I put in my house to everything. There is one thing I can tell you. I document every goddamn thing in my fucking life. We're a house. We're a household of documenters. So <laughs> I was like, no shit. I get all of this because I know what I pay for in my policy. Well, fortunately, the second time around, after creating some ruckus, we were able to get them to understand that this was not. I was not going to go quiet going into the yeah. night. They still didn't pay the full they still didn't pay the full amount, but we just came shy of maybe like four. three grand. No, it was, like was it four grand? It wasn't. I mean, to me, I'm like, well, that's about as, as good as it gets. So back to the story. All right. So we are now to a point where we are giving them the information. We've gone to the cops a bunch of times. DJS doesn't have their shit. So we have to give DJS their shit. Now we get to the point where the letter comes into the mail. And when the letter comes into the mail and we find the, the, the bullet, we had already experienced the fact that the cop, the neighbor cop was talking, talking shit, shit. Yeah. Right. Neighbor cop is out as far as we're concerned. Yeah. Well, we were, we were, we were advised by my attorney to make sure that he was out because not only did he give this kid his, you know, um, citations, but he's also the same guy that gave me mine. And that's not good? No. And according to my attorney, you know, that's a conflict of interest and he shouldn't be involved anymore. So. And that was outside of the fact, that was out, outside of all the corruption. Right. So we go into, letter comes in and when we call, and by we, I'm talking about Bob, calls the police. Now I'm on, on my way to work. I'm almost at work when we find out I have the letter and I have to go in and tell them I'm going back home. And so he's talking to the cops and he says, neighbor cop is not allowed here. I'll let you tell this. So, like I said, my attorney had told me don't have him involved anymore because, you know, he's double dipping essentially. And so I said, okay. And so when we found the um, bullet in the wall, I called the cops and I'm like, look, you know, we just got this anonymous letter. It's saying, you know, it was a fuck fest. You know, kids are shooting a gun off. We talked about this in the last one. Long and the short of it, I cut the hole in the wall. I find the bullet in the wall. I'm like, I'm looking right at it. It's in the, you know, it's yeah. here. You need to come get it. However, um, we don't want neighbor yeah. cop to be involved anymore. We want a new cop. We've been advised by our attorney that he's not to be involved anymore. This is all outside of all the corruption shit because we're hearing all kinds of shit about this guy, right? Aside from him talking shit about us, you know, we're hearing that he's had some kind of relationship with this kid's mom and he's a married dude with kids. And, you know, we're hearing all this stuff through the not, grapevine. Not, not solidified. Right. Alleged. Right, right. But there's, right, Alleg right. Yeah. Right. This all is what we're hearing. Yeah, this yeah, is what yeah. we're hearing. We, we can prove any of this stuff. The only thing we ever really confirmed was the fact that he was talking shit. Yes. That is the only I, thing we ever confirmed. It, but it, when you when you have confirmation that he was talking shit and then you start to hear all these other rumors, you're like, I just, we need neighbor cop to be further away from this. And, and on top of the fact, none of the fucking details, none of the evidence, nothing seems to be in the file and following its way the, through the system the way it should be. The amount through of times him, yeah. we had to resubmit right. to the point where I just had this shit in a file and I was just sending it to people. Like on a, such a regular basis, it was almost fucking comical. We literally sent it to the police thinking that it was all being put into the file and it wasn't. You know, we also knew that 
there was a bolo out for our car at the time while we were gone, which we talked about. But how did the kids know? So this is so. How did these kids know that we were that they were looking for this car? And this is when they broke our gate and parked a car in the back and moved our boat and hid the thing. So and all this that. is actually this is actually to to point on that because I did want to touch on that this week because we did it did strike me as interesting last week and I did not put this together in the last year the fact that wait he did have you did have a bowl out on the car that's the reason why they hid the car but how would they have known that so I actually reached out to a, a cop friend and well a friend of mine whose husband's a cop and they basically said there's there's no the only way that you would know that you had a bolo out on your cop is or on your car is if you would have basically made the called in in yourself so like you would have called in and said my car is stolen they would have put a bolo out of it but the person driving would not have necessarily known that there was a bolo out on the car and then and then he said that the bolo doesn't go just go away you, it has to be you. It only goes away when the car is found. So one of the things that I will say, just let's get us back on track. So when we called to get a different cop come in, the different cop came in. He was going through um, all the details. So we started again from the beginning and then a supervisor an acting supervisor also ends up coming in. So I call the cops. They send out this other cop. He comes out. He's, you know, takes he's like, I'm not. He's going over the thing, and right before he comes, right when he comes in, he goes, well, I just got off the phone with neighbor cop, and and I went, I literally said out loud, great. And he goes, what do you mean, great? And so I said, well, there's a reason that we requested him to not to be here. And so then I tell him all the stuff, and he's like, holy shit, what? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, man. He goes, okay. I said, and then there was... There was things that we would tell the neighbor cop guy, and he's like, I can't do anything with that. This cop came in and was like, that's bullshit. I can write all this shit down, which was the, the dog. dog stuff, like all the animal cruelty, cruelty shit. Yeah. Now, the funny thing about that is this guy writes this big report down, and he does all this shit, and it literally wasn't even in the file. But, <laughs> you know, that's a whole other story. So, so he did take the information. So you did finally get the information he, yes. about the about the dogs. Yes. Gotcha. So he he comes in and so once he figures out that we don't want him, the other guy around, he says, okay, I'm going to take this report. He starts writing shit down. Well, five minutes in, his phone rings and it's neighbor cop. And neighbor cop says, you know, um, this guy, this cop, new cop says, well, you can't come here. You know, they requested you not to be here anymore. And, And just so you know... There was a gunshot in the house and I'm standing two feet away from this cop. I can actually hear neighbor cop talking on the phone. I can hear it crystal clear. And he goes, there was a gunshot in the house. And he goes, yeah, he goes, fuck. Cause now the whole thing has ramped up and now it has reached a whole different level before yeah, it was just like, Oh, these kids are fucking around. Well, now there's a gunshot in the house. So that's like a whole, that kicks it up a whole nother level. Yeah. So by so, the way, you can create a whole fuck ton of damage in your neighbor's house and you can pretty much get away with it. Just FYI people. Right. Just FYI. So you go through all this bullshit and we, you know, we give him all this extra information and, and he leaves. So one of the, at the one point when he's in the kitchen, we were all talk and um, we actually say to him, I particularly say to him, I said, all I'm asking for is that I need one person to care 1% more than I do. 
because you have a skill set that I don't have, that I haven't been trained on. I just need you to care 1% more than I do about what's going on with us. That this shouldn't feel like it has felt this entire way through, that we're a burden to you to have you do your job. And that is the most frustrating thing. It feels like to me, we were violated by these teens and we are being violated again because nobody seems to give a fuck because of the laws that say you can't do anything. And since this didn't happen to you, you seem to be easily able to just say, that's just the way that it is. It is not that simple for us and it won't be. And it's not the end. Like at the end of the day, we will not stop until we have you can't some form of fucking justice. Like that is it because you don't get to do this to us. You don't get to do this to the kids. You don't get this to do this to us and think that I'm just going to sit back or Bob's going to sit back and we're just going to take this shit. Right? So we now have what we believe is a new cop that's going to get us all of this information and they're going to take it and they make us feel like they're going to put it all together. Well, well now, the comes right. The evidence collection, we have a whole CSI thing and it's all fucked up because a lady's like, how many people touched this letter? Literally everybody did. And she's looking at us, looking at the cops, like, what the fuck, dude? And oh, they're like, sorry. Didn't the, cop, didn't the cop take it from you? Like, yeah, no like gloves. their hands, everybody's yeah. hands are on it. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, what? Like, you could just see she's just irritated. Like, this is a waste of everybody's fucking time. Yeah. We also uh, volunteer what we believe to be the weapon to the cops so they can take that and they can do all the ballistics testing that they want. We give them everything, right? Whatever you want, just take it. Just let's get this stuff done. So at this point, because there is now a bullet that has been found and we know it's been shot in the house, this moves from just a standard cop thing. Now we do have a detective assigned. So the detective assigned is actually probably the one cop that seems to actually give a fuck about what happened to us. Well, I don't I don't know that I would say he gave a fuck, but he's the one cop that actually did his fucking job. Right. I mean, I guess you can't tell whether or not he cared or not, but he did care enough to do his if job. You do care enough to do your job. You're, you so, got my vote. So I get this phone call from him and he said. So you gave neighbor cop all the pictures and all this stuff right and i'm like yeah he goes i don't have any i was like what and mind you this is now neighbor cop that has been executed excommunicado from our situation and new cop that we believe is going to do his part and get all of this intel in there and you've already sent it to the police and we've how many times we've already gone to the police department multiple times we've given it to neighbor cop and this cop multiple times and then also djs has also been given it more than one time do we have to send it out to them we gave djs the evidence four separate times four times they kept losing it i had this information both on my work computer and my at-home computer so i could just keep sending this shit out (laughs) that's how ridiculous it was getting i was like i'm just gonna send this file to my work so i could answer these emails or whatever i think it should have been something that's how you started your day well i think it's time to start sending out email blasts here you go here's your fucking packet of Here's your evidence packet. That's right. I mean, that, that's how. Did it you get your evidence packet today? Yeah, Here it, you go. I mean, I think we turned the evidence shit in. I think it, by the time it was all said and done, maybe six times. Yeah. And 
and even when it, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Even when it got to court, it did. They still, it still fucked did, it up. Yeah, they yeah. still fucked it up. So, so detective calls. So yeah, the, detective calls. He says, "Well, I don't have any, nothing." And I'm like, Are "You fucking kidding me?" And he's like, "No." And I and I literally got pissed with him. And I was like, "I don't know what the fuck is happening down there." <laughs> I was like, "What What are you guys doing with the evidence? What do you?" I said, "How does it not jump from one set of hands to the other? Like, what is that like?" Once you're done and your part's over, you just throw it the fuck away. It doesn't go into like a file and then, then everybody can reference it. That's it. No, the answer is no, it doesn't do that. That is not what happens with it. Okay, you're getting really loud because my headphones are like ringing. <laughs> so the cop is, we get, we, we say to the detective, we're going to get you everything you need. Not a problem. We get you everything. We also supply him with the names of all the kids that we saw on the photographs, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, he's telling us, here's how this is going to happen. We're going to have ballistics testing going on the weapon that you gave us. And we are essentially going to pull all of these kids in and we're going to interview all of them, which in this instance, we're at the first stage where actually these kids are going to get some heat put on them. Okay. And what time frame is this? In terms of when we first started into this? Oh, yeah. This uh, is now. We're now three weeks. I would right. I would say probably maybe more like a month, we're three weeks all, to a I feel month. Like we're we're in, in there at this point. Yeah, and so um, when it's like, okay, great, that's wonderful, great to hear, fantastic. So before we get to where that goes, let me backtrack slightly and say when we go to the lawyer, let me pull in the lawyer information now because when we get in with the lawyer, we find an amazing lawyer. She is fucking no nonsense she doesn't care about you she just cares simply about what's right and wrong (laughs) right she just doesn't give her she doesn't i'm not gonna plug her i'm just gonna say she just doesn't give a fuck about you she just cares what's right and wrong what the law says and that's it and this is exactly what you want in a lawyer at this time we didn't need a hand holder we wanted somebody who we knew was gonna go in there and just fucking squash this shit so first things first when we get to see with her she's like you need to get a peace order done because you'd want this, you want to make sure that this kid knows you cannot come near us anymore. And so you need to file a, p- a peace order. So we did that almost immediately. No, no, she did it. Well, right. She, we, she, we assigned her as our lawyer. She didn't even tell me you need to do a peace order. I'm talking to her in her office and she's like, so do you want to use me? I'm like, yeah, because I talked to at this time, four or five different lawyers at this time. And she's the only one that I really liked. So I said, I'm just going to hire you right now. So I paid her right then. As soon as I pay her, she turns around, gets on her computer, and she's fucking around on her computer. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm putting in a peace order for you. And then she just fucking does it. She doesn't even tell me. She just does so it. So peace order, people, is essentially, it's 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 an order that says you can't really have contact with anybody the peace order is against. So. Right. It, it's, it's, based, it's kind However, of like a low-key restraining order, right. if you will. And when I say low-key, it's pretty much bullshit. Right. So it the is, idea is, no, as is long bullshit. if... If as long as no member or perceived any member of where the peace order, like, so if you're the person I'm saying, I, you should not come near me. If there is no perception that I'm allowing that behavior to happen, then you can be violated for that peace order. But if there's a perception that I can be, that I am allowing this behavior to happen, you will not be charged for, for a violation. And that will come into play 
Correct. So in basi- the next episode. So, and, and when you when you say that, so you had several members other than Tracy. Tracy was the only I was the only one not on the peace order. Not on the peace order. Because I am an adult and Bob cannot put my name, nor can this lawyer put my name on a peace order without my consent. And because I was not in the room at the time to consent to it, my name was not on the peace order. So if you have children and you get a peace order for to to protect your children just know that your children basically can just there could be a perception when it comes down to juveniles there could be a perception that's correct that the the violation can be perceived as acceptable if the person that's being violated is also a juvenile and it is perceived that that juvenile wants that interaction yep so basically, the peace order is bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> the whole thing, the, the whole thing with bullshit. the peace order it does not is, protect is you fucking bullshit. at all. But because DJS can decide if they're going to violate or not. So you can go down to the police department and put a violation in, and they'll write out and give them mm-hmm. a citation. But DJS can say, well, we don't really feel like doing that. So we're not going to do it. And that's 100% correct. That's literally the whole thing about all of this is that everything sort of cycles through Department of Juvenile Services. And if they interpret this information, then they can decide that there will not actually be charges. So it doesn't matter if the police charge a juvenile. It is up to the Department of Juvenile Services to see that it actually will go through to a court hearing or that this this charges will actually be carried through. Um, which is kind of crazy. So, okay. So we had the peace order in place. I think this is important because it sets us up for the next one. Um, and then we go back to now the kids from the detective. We end up learning that the kids do get called in. Well, they got called in because they're fucking idiots. Number one. And they all broke into the, the local school, the local elementary school down here. This is and, the only reason why and, they got brought in, and, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, they got the brought in not because of the, yeah, exactly. They did they not only get got, pulled out of school for their shit. It exactly. was because they created another crime. Right. They got busted <laughs> for another crime. And that's why, since they already yeah, had right. them, they're mm-hmm. like, well, now that you're here, let's talk about this too. Yep. And they all started squealing on each other. Boy, they folded like a goddamn lawn chair, yep. like a fucking lawn chair. So we had all the names. We knew all the kids. We knew everything. But here's the fucked up part. Here's a really, really, really fucked up part. That because the criminal invited these kids into our home, and regardless of the fact that when you walk into my home, there is a very massive metal sign that says says my motherfucking last name. (laughs) It is said said that these kids aren't technically... uh, uh, coming in, what do, what do you call that when you're when you're not invited in? Trespassing. trespassing thank you. These kids are not. <laughs> when the kids are not actually trespassing into the house because they were invited in by somebody that we gave permission to do that to be so there. Even let's just be clear. So even if you tell somebody mm-hmm. nobody else is allowed in here, and they have a monster bash and they fuck all your shit up, you can't go after the kids because the one kid invited them in. Mm-hmm. So, so, but in the Even eyes when of all the your law, family pictures are hanging on right, the wall, exactly. And our last name is in this. Big and they've metal also sign. And, they, and the kid has been living down the street in another big house metal for sign where some years. of these pictures were taken right next to. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. they they all knew what was up, and so it didn't matter. It, didn't matter. it doesn't right. matter. So they they go through all of this. Now, the one thing that did change is now we have another criminal 
Now we have what we will call the shooter. Mm -hmm. So all of these kids got pulled in. They basic the anonymous letter was then verified for all the activities that were taking place. Their perms were relaxed, and they said, <laughs> and they said it was him. So, so all the so the anonymous letter where they talk about fucking in all the rooms, all the shit that was going on, and all the you know with the guns, and then the shooting, all of it was verified. And now we got the shooter. So he shot off a gun inside a house full of minors. That was not his gun. Right. Inside a house. Yep. So. In, in the court. Hold on. Hold on. You're getting, you're jumping ahead. That's next, that's next episode, buddy. Next episode. Okay. So one of the things I do want to, before I forget, I do want to backtrack again. So sorry about this. I was better at this last episode. When we first got the initial call from DJS, so I'm going back to the experience with DJS here. Our very first call with DJS when they spoke on the phone with Bob, they were talking about how they were not going to actually pursue the case at all. And so they had a conversation with the criminal's mom and that started give them indication that there was not going to be a case to pursue. Um, Because they were trying, DJS, wasn't they trying to blame it more on Bob? Yes. So, So, yeah. Right. Because again, this whole thing from the beginning, they are treating me like I'm this mastermind criminal from the beginning. Right. Because he's the adult and they have caused these charges, unfounded charges on him. Um, and so that put the picture of the incident into like this gray area. Like who gives a fuck what happened to your home? They're now looking at it as Bob created this incident Regardless with this kid. Regardless of the timeline of the situation. Right. And so um, they had a conversation with uh, the criminal's mother. That led them to believe that they weren't going to even pursue it. Um, and so that's when, you know, of course, we're, we still have the victim forms to fill out. We still have all the information that we still have to give them, like we said. But we were waiting on these charges to be like we were waiting on the court information. And we weren't getting anything, right? It was just this weird stall. And I was back and forth with Department of Juvenile Services, who was also, I had, we had to get um, the lawyer involved because it just seemed like they just weren't taking this seriously enough. And until our lawyer got involved, who was also writing them nasty grams, like, what the hell? Like, this kid is manipulating you all. This is ridiculous. The amount, give me, what, look at the evidence that he has. Which if we were to tell, to be honest with you, with the evidence that they had on Bob was null. The cops and even the um, write-up about the charges that he got said the kid changes stories multiple times. They surveyed a very busy area and found nobody nobody could speak to what this kid was saying. And they had photographs of this kid where he said he was pushed and he had marks on his body and there was literally nothing there in these photographs. Zero evidence. So by the time we got the lawyer involved, that's when DJS started to actually pursue this a little bit differently. And then we provided all of the information and then all of the intel of uh, with the pictures and everything. Then we started getting somewhere. But like I said, yeah. There was a period of time we weren't hearing anything. We didn't see any court dates. We didn't see nothing. So we go back and we try to talk with DJS. And all of a sudden we find out from our lawyer, they dropped the case. And we're like, what the fuck? So we reach out to DJS. What are you talking about? You dropped the case. Oh, well, we sent you the information. 
why didn't, you know, nobody showed up to court. We never got a court date. We never saw nothing. Turns out they never even brought it over to the criminal's house either. When we go back, I find out that they put the wrong fucking address on the paperwork. Now, mind you, my address is on every fucking piece of paperwork all the way through. If there's one constant, that's it. So I go and I raise all holy hell. We get the lawyer to raise all holy hell. And we have to then go back in and start this process again to where they will now start and actually send the charges. Here's the fucked up part. We now actually get the letter that we're going to go to court and they have to serve the criminal. The cops come to our motherfucking house to find out where the criminal fucking lives. (laughs) And the reason that is, is because the criminal did not live in the current house he lives in now. He lived in a different house. And at that different house was the address that was on the criminal mom's driver's license. So that's the address that they had. No one thought to put on the actual fucking address to which they lived. You mean the criminal's mom didn't want to put the address of where they actually live? Also meaning neighbor cop decided he would not put the actual address on the fucking form to where they lived. When they were talking with him and his mom, like when this all shit happened, he lived in the current house that he lives in now. Mm -hmm. So... It was the new address from the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But nobody wanted to write that shit down. No, they wrote the old address down. So when the cops were coming to us and asking us where they lived, and mind you, I want to be clear, this was more than one time that the cops had to come to our house to get the address of where the criminal fucking lives. More than one time this had to happen. Mm. So everything gets fucking served. Finally, we actually have a fucking court date. What did you want to say? When he, when he came to the house. Oh, well, we'll get to that too. So, okay, that's a good part. So we get everything served. And now, mind you, we have made it very clear to the police department that we are not happy people. We're not happy people with how this has been handled. We're not happy with the fact that the fucking evidence has never made its way through to everybody. And the fact that we have to continue to provide it. And it seems like you don't even know where the criminal lives and they don't even know where the criminal lives. (laughs) I'm the one that gave them the directions to his house. Me. Multiple times. Yes. Multiple times. So then... We get to a point where there is a phone call that Bob gets. And this phone call is from Internal Affairs. And they hear that we are not happy with the services being provided, particularly by the neighbor cop. And so... Well, wait a minute, you're missing a whole part. You jumped ahead a little bit. So after... After the new, so you got, you got neighbor cop gets kicked out. New cop comes in, you know, evidence team comes in after that. I'm out one day and I'm just driving around. I think I picked the kids up from school or something like whatever it was. And as I'm coming in the neighborhood, neighbor cop is walking around and he's walking around like on our street in 15 years. I've never seen him on our side of the neighborhood. Never, especially walking around. So I knew it was weird right off the bat. And I was like, mm, something's squirrely about this. So we pull into the driveway and here he comes walking up to the house. 
Now, this is after we've requested a different cop, after he's like, oh, fuck, there was a gun shot in the house, and, and oh, fuck, they found out that I'm talking shit, right? So he comes to the house, and and he's standing in the street in front of the house. And I told, turned to, it was two of the three kids were there, and I said, go inside. Because I'm thinking, okay, something's about to happen. <laughs> He's, I'm going he's, to jail. Because he's not dressed in his work clothes. He's dressed in normal clothes. And he goes, hey, can I talk to you a minute? And I said, yeah. But if you're going to talk to me, then you need to come into my yard and talk to me on my property. Yeah, smart. And so he says, okay. And he came in and he goes, look. He goes, I understand that there's some mistrust. I said, oh, no, there's not some mistrust. I don't fucking trust you at all. And I think you're dirty. And he's like, look, he goes, he starts giving me this story about how he had to arrest his, one of his really good buddies the night before. And his friend's mom just died and all this shit. And I'm like, tisk, you know, tisk, I do not give narcissist. a fuck about your friend. I don't give a shit. Like you all don't give a shit about what's happening to me and my family. I definitely don't give a shit about what's happening to you and your friends and your friend's mom and all that shit. Right. And he's like, you know, I should have focused more inside the house. And I was so focused on the stolen car that I didn't even really put any effort into the shit that was going in. Talking about how he missed the bullet in the wall. Mm -hmm. Because that clearly was the the whole flip-flop of the whole case, right? Yeah. And and I was like, I just agreed with him. I was like, yeah, you should have. Like, you know. I don't know what you're looking If you're looking for me to go, oh, it's okay. Yeah. You're not getting that from me. And I feel like people that know me pr- pretty much will know that I'm, I'm not going to give you that. And so he, he, long or the short of it is, he apologizes to me. And he's like, I'm really sorry. And I said, look, man. I said, I'm not trying to, and I hold my fingers in quotation marks. And I said, I'm not trying to blow your phone up. Because that's literally word for word what he was telling everybody, that I was blowing his phone up. I said, I texted you three fucking times to send you three fucking pictures. I was like, that's not blowing your phone up. I said, you're walking around this neighborhood and you're talking shit about us to the whole fucking neighborhood, talking about a case that you're not supposed to be talking to anybody about. But I'm not going to try to get you in a bunch of shit, right? I'm just moving on, going over your head. I'm not accepting the fact that nothing's happening. And he goes, you know, you're right. I'm really, really sorry. And then he goes... He goes, can I pray with you? (laughs) And I start giggling. And I'm like, do what? (laughs) Just a little history here. I'm probably the (laughs) most... There is no religion in my life at all. There never has been. I've been inside a church maybe four times in my entire life, okay? I don't know shit about any of that. And so I'm like, you can do whatever you want, man. Like, you know, you want to sit here and be weird, go for it. (laughs) And so that's what he did. He literally bows his head and does this like 10 minute long prayer. So I find out Bob tells me that this is what's happening. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I got to go to the damn cameras and find this (laughs) shit because I need to have this. Uh, Because like you said, he's like the least religious person you'll ever meet. Um, So, so then yes, he's correct. That happens first. And interestingly enough, we also have a conversation with another neighbor that is a, uh, I would say he's law enforcement, just different 
level altogether. And he actually told Bob, I guarantee you they're going to be going back in knowing the story that he heard and they're going to start trying to fucking cover their ass. And it wasn't soon after learning that, that we get a phone call. Bob specifically gets a phone call from internal affairs. But Again, see, here's, here's my problem with even all of that. Okay. So every single person that you've come in contact with pretty much dismissed everything. So, correct. I mean, even regardless of what neighbor cop did, Regardless of... With the exception of the detective. The, the detective is the only one that did not disregard take, what was happening. Take take the detective out of it. Take the detective out of it. But everybody else. Now, granted, the neighbor cop is a little closer to you and probably ran his mouth too much. But in all essence, he didn't do anything else that nobody else that you talked to did any differently. He legitimately... It, it was the, all the same shit. The it only just, thing nobody I would gave say a fuck. Is, so why in the hell... Why is it that all of a sudden it's... And, because I, I just he was the be- lead. He was supposed to do better. Right. He was the one. He was supposed to do better. He was in charge but, of our case. And But nobody else decided, except for one person, of all the people you talked to, you had one person decided to do better. I don't and disagree the IAB with you. is like, nobody, in the, is nobody like, that had their hands over. on this, with the exception of the detective, seemed to give a shit. And I will tell you, it's it felt the whole time not to to me, with the exception of the neighbor cop. The neighbor cop fucked up. I'm tar- I'm sorry. The moment we found out he was legitimately talking shit about us, that was it. I was done. Like I, I zero respect. He's he's out, and we got him out. Well, he's biased. But everyone he's else, point, yeah. Everyone else kept coming to us and telling us how much we were not going to be like nothing was going to happen. Don't right. set your don't set your tone like this is going to you're going to find justice. You're not every single even the detective told me that. Right. So the point is, it's not like I think everybody didn't want to do their job. I think they just really tried to tamper down our expectations. And because they knew this wasn't going to go very far, they just didn't. They, they just had bigger fish to fry. So I wanted, I was saying I was going to get to this point and I Who had forgotten. Who are these big fish that they want to fry? I keep hearing, I adults, always hear that. I adults. always watch a lot of TV. Adults. They don't want to do juveniles. They just want to handle adults. They don't even want to handle adults anymore. What well, do you think too. the adult, who do you think becomes the adults that are the criminals? The uh, juveniles. <laughs> well, so, okay. The juveniles so, become so, the adults so. that are the criminals. We're going to say this. The, the peace order, before we even get into a court date, Right. Uh, we'll get to the court of how the peace order came to be, but I will say in this episode, the peace order was violated. Yes. Within a week. Within a week of actually getting the peace order, it was violated. Well, because the here, one of the things the guy said, the lady said to you, the lawyer said to you was that because your kids go to school with the criminal, right, they right. could not, Tremendous so, amount of gray so area. legitimately, like the peace order, if you were in the neighborhood, it was in effect. It was in effect. Unless, of course, your kids went to him and gave them permission right. to talk school, to him. On the but bus, in school, all those things, on the matter. bus, everything, it pretty much did nothing. It was null and void. Correct. Period. Right. So the peace order, the soon as school started, was pretty much violated. So, so soon as school we'll started. get in more into like the violation, how we got into getting the peace order. That's the next episode. But one thing that I think is really important here is that when we went to go to violate the peace order... 
we had to go to the police department and we spoke to a whole different cop, new cop into the whole scenario, one we had not talked to. And it felt like every time we talked to a cop, we had to sort of go back to the beginning of all the shit that was happening, right? And so we go to violate this peace order and the cop, while we're sitting there talking, we have this very candid conversation. And he proceeds to tell us about how they got called to a house. Hold on. They got called to a house and then um, basically there was a juvenile that was essentially beating beating the shit, 12-year-old girl. girl beating the shit out of her mom, beating the ever-loving piss out of her mom. Now, I don't know who this mother is. I, I leave no judgments here. I'll be goddamn. No 12-year-old's going to kick my ass. I, I need to meet this mom and teach her a thing or two. No, no fucking way a 12 year old is going to kick my ass. But this 12 year old was doing it and there was nothing at all the cops could do. They showed, they showed up. They found out how old this girl was that was kicking her mom's ass. As soon as they found out she was 12 years old, they literally turned around, walked out and were like, can't do anything. They get a phone call. Five minutes after they leave, another 911 call. And it's the mom, again, saying, you got to come back. She's kicking my ass. Like, this girl is going to kill me. And the girl, you could hear the girl in the background. This is what the cop tells me. He says, you can hear the girl in the background going, go ahead, call the cops. They can't do shit to me. And I know it. And you know it. So go ahead and fucking call them. Now, what we will say is, is that they did go back. And they did end up taking the girl out of there because she almost murdered her mom. It took almost murdering her mom before these cops were able to take her out of the house. You've seen on the news lately, though. I mean, it's it's insane. The, the amount of guns that are going into young people's hands, like young, young. I mean, there was like the, the nine-year-old boy that went up to the 14-year-old girl and shot her on her front porch. Nothing happened to him. He's not. He's gonna get away with it. Something's gotta happen. I mean, it's if you take away. I remember when I was teaching, and the the school the school came down and said we're not gonna do anything about fighting in school. No, no, we're not gonna have any kind of suspension or anything. Do you have any idea? Do you know what happens when that happens? When you have no repercussions for f- just a f- like for fighting in school? More fighting. More fighting. And it gets worse than more fighting. Then it's it's it gets even more dangerous. I'm like, you can't like you you can't have this is not fucking Lord of the Flies. I don't want to be in a participate in a world where people are putting fucking hog heads on sticks and creating like some chaos. I don't want to be part of that shit. Stupid. What a visual. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's the thing for us is like with this whole. Uh, you know, you you get in this incomplete and utter mind fuck when it comes down to it, where you're dealing with all of the emotional things at home and then all of the business ends on it. And the only thing I can tell you that gets us to the point where we are sitting today without having told you the entire story is our absolute persistence that we do not accept what the fucking law says. We do not accept that this is something that we should sit, take sitting down and we do not accept that this kid does not get to, we do not get justice and this kid gets away with it. 
you're also not going about it in a vigilante sort of way. You are going about it. The, no. Okay. You, you are going about it the right way. You are at least holding people accountable, which is, I think, what is lacking so much in today is the fact that we don't hold people accountable for their shit. We don't. We're not doing it. Well, and don't get me wrong. I would love to go all vigilante on on his ass. And um, boy, have I thought of a thousand different ways I could. But yes, we've taken every legal avenue to make sure that we see justice in and some we, form of fate. And we didn't. <laughs> well, well. Also, you also have to remember that you are a working family. So you have, and where you, your disposable income is not grand by any means, but you you just came off of vacation, which, and if you if you listen to this podcast, Tracy doesn't go on vacations, like mm-hmm. ever, for I think, for the entire life, for probably the first nine years of her kid's life, they thought Camp Crater was vacation. Camp Crater was the inside of her house doing <laughs> camp shit. Yeah. So like they never stayed in a hotel. So Tracy is a cheap ass. But when it comes down to it, you're talking about two working families. If you were not, if you were where you were, where you got your car repoed, you know, if you were there and you were in that point, what would you have, what would you have been able to do? Because the only thing that says it pretty much has gotten you where you need to be is, is the lawyer that you had to hire and had to pay to do the thing, to make the steps that she made. Nobody else was helping you. The fr- the shit that you pay for through your taxes wasn't doing a fuck, th- fuck all things. Well, you got to also think too, and we talked, to, we did touch on this at one point, the fact that had this been 10 years ago, I would have been curious. I mean, I do think we would have seen this all the way through but you're right I mean you know would there have been the ability to get a lawyer would there have been an ability because even if insurance wasn't able to cover it I can cover my fucking damages in my home you know so we were in a position where we had the best fighting chance because of the fact that we were able to go about this and choose the right people to help fight it, that we were able, we worked at the jobs that we had, so we were able to commit the time to it. I mean, it came down to, uh, we had to shut down the company that we run, that we own, that we started for months so we could focus in on this, so we could fight the good fight and we could see this all the way through. That is not a luxury everybody gets. This is why the unfortunate part of this, this is why we tell this story so that this is a survival guide for somebody else of steps that you can be taking, things that you can be doing. And when you hear the things that we were hearing, like don't expect anything, don't do this, that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. Because at the end of the day, no, I am a victim. As much as I hate that fucking word and I am not a victim to my life, but at the end of the day, I am not going to accept the fact that I have to sit here and just fucking take it and just let when we go and we see this kid out as if nothing fucking happened to him, as if nothing phases him, we go and we deal with all this shit and he is just living his best life. Fuck that. So I think we can recap this. I think we're at the point of recap. We definitely got to a point where we were constantly giving, you know, we, the biggest key points from this episode is to know that we just 
always had to have our shit together. We had to have all the evidence, all the pieces of paper, all the documentation together, and we had to be at the ready to just push send at any any point. I mean, I had it at my home. I had it at my work. You didn't, I mean, shit, I could get this fucking shit on my phone and just send it to you wherever. I was mobile with this motherfucking evidence. And, and Bob is correct. It's literally 63 pages worth of shit we got. And we could send it to everybody. And nobody felt that they, nobody cared enough to carry it through all the way through. The Department of Juvenile Services didn't want to charge this kid. And only until we fought the good fight did we get the fucking charges going through to the court system. And I don't want to sit here and believe, and I really don't, that all the cops involved didn't want to do more. They were tied. I think neighbor cop is fucking dirty as shit. And I will say that to the end of time, that motherfucker is dirty as shit. But everyone else, I just think they, they just don't feel like they have a leg to stand on. I just don't feel it. And I, and I think that's the, that's the unfortunate part of it is I think some people wanted to help and they just didn't know how to. I hope that you're correct. It's not a leg to stand on or they just don't, you know, or it's one of those things like, well, I only have to work X amount of hours and I only have to work for X amount of years and then I get pension and then I'm out of here. Cause I did, I worked in the, I worked for the government. I worked as a teacher and a lot of people said, well, I get summers and holidays off and they were fuck ass, dumbass teachers. So, <laughs> well, I can tell you that when dipshit came over to my house and was telling me, Oh, you know, I'm sorry. And all this other shit. He also told me that he didn't really want to be a cop. He's like, I just do it. He's like, but I don't like it and I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I was like, well, then why the fuck are you doing it? Because all you're doing by not doing your job is fucking up yeah. everybody else's life. I mean, you're, you're fu- your fuck up translated into months and months of shit for us to deal with. Like, it's not like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, you know, it's just a fuck up and it's over. No, that's not how it was. It, it compounded into... A lot of headache and a lot of time and a lot of money lost and time lost. If Look, to any police officer that listens to this, if you don't like what you do and you don't want to be a cop, then do the public a favor. Get out. Fuck you. Do the public a favor. Get out of your job because all you're doing is making it harder for the victims to get justice. That's all you're doing. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the best sentiment because I think there are there were some people there that would have liked to have seen this, would have liked to have given us different intel than what they were giving us. And I do think that the detec- the, the detective involved cared enough to to see it through. Um, and whether it was in the time frame we wanted for our or because of the other crime that brought it into light. You can argue those points all, all day long, but he still did it. And he still found out the information. And quite frankly, we got as far as we did because of his persistence to get to the bottom line. Well, and it's also because. So in this whole thing, I've learned that, if you have something that happens like this to you and the police, you know, obviously get involved, they are not going to volunteer you any information. They're not going to call you and give you an update that doesn't happen. If you want to know what the fuck is going on, then you have to become a pain in everybody's ass and you have to call and call and call and call and go down to the police station. And 
I mean, I've been down to police station six or seven times. And without doing any of that stuff and emailing and doing all the shit, we wouldn't have known anything. They didn't get they, no information was ever volunteered to us. We went after it 150% the whole entire time through. You are, I guess, the, the best sum, sum, uh, uh, summation of this episode is to say you are your own advocate, you're your own best advocate. And then when you even think that it, there's like a police report that's been done, you cannot sit on your laurels and just think that everything is going to go through and that justice will be served. You have got to stay on top of it and you've got to have all your shit together and you have to have it with you at all fucking times. And you've got to make sure that if you haven't heard from somebody in a couple of weeks, you need to be following up and finding out what's going on because you could find out that that shit, like in our situation, the case was, was, was thrown out and it was our persistence that got the case put back on so we could see it through. So next episode, we are going to go through what is the court experience of all of this. It will blow your motherfucking mind. I promise you this shit is not over yet. Um, and I just got to say, thanks for, for listening in last episode had an amazing amount of downloads. Uh, so I just appreciate the support to just listen and hopefully it teaches a few things. And if there's any of you that are going through it or know somebody going through it, hopefully our story is their survival guide and will help to keep them to understand that pursuance is the key to justice. At the end of the day, you may not get everything you want, but you got to keep fucking fighting that good fight. So we're going to close this out as we normally do. One, two, three. Don't be a dick. <laughs>